Welcome to And It's Writing, a live stream and podcast where two writers have a few drinks and some laughs while we revise our old work and talk about writing. I'm DC McNaughton, and uh, a little bit about my writing. I'm speculative fiction. Um, I'm working on removing 30,000 words from a draft that I was told to remove 30,000 words from by somebody <laughs> at Tor, and you listen to people at Tor. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, so... Um, as far as reading, I'm finally done with A Little Life by Yay. Tanya Yanibihara. I did not finish it. I got about 90% of the way through and got really mad and put it down. So, it's not like, it's not a bad book. It's, it's, it's good. I just like, you know, I, I, I just have certain things that make me so angry and it made me mad enough that I just, I, I, I just put it down and I looked at spoilers for the rest of it. Cause I was, I was mad. So, <laughs> but Hey, it's an award-winning book. So you know, everybody's different. That's valid. Um, I'm now reading um, The Echo Maker by Richard Powers. Um, and I'm reading it because it deals with some mental trauma um, after uh, an accident. Uh, and it's uh, it's going all right. I, I'm enjoying <laughs> it so far. I, I, you know, he's not a very literary writer, so it's a very different um very different stream of conscious so it's like uh oh. feels different but um but yeah reading um the echo maker by richard power so far what it's doing well is uh it's it's kind of going through the dialogue internal dialogue of somebody with a recent injury kind of cool like he handles it really neat it's probably more uh purple than i would do it but it's oh. interesting it's always interesting to see somebody else's uh perspective on how to do that so yeah, yeah. different voice <laughs> yeah yeah well and um i'm avery ames and i write adult fantasy uh what i'm working on is everything <laughs> i have one book that is currently out with readers i have the book that i drafted during nano i like vomit drafted it's a really 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 rough zero draft so it's sitting until i come back to it and I am revising Serenade, which is the sequel to Cambiare right now, while everybody's reading the other book. Um, as for what I'm reading, uh, I am not reading fiction right now. I ordered some fancy cocktail books. So I'm reading a nonfiction book called Imbibe by David Wondrich, and it's got cocktail history and like craft theory in it. So that's what I'm reading. So fun. Yeah. Yes. So I can make more drinks for episodes. Yeah, well, it's always good to like put your head somewhere else every once in a while. Yeah, I know I have to read a couple of research books myself before the end of this year, so I can reach my Goodreads goal. I want to read, finish reading my esports book. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's you mentioned good that to... was in your other your story that you're writing right now. Yeah, I got some esports in there, so it's always good to read something that's not necessarily fiction. Sometimes, mm -hmm. <laughs> just kind of, it's like a palate cleanser. Yeah, you need to just be different sometimes. Um, and this is our uh, usual reminder before we start talking that writing is not all about rules. When we're writing, we sometimes need to break them as well. Uh, we're both firm believers that if rules feel too suffocating or well or overwhelming, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> In spirit of this episode. In keeping, yeah, with the theme of the episode, which is... Um, yeah. We're going to be talking about swearing in fiction. Um, so our personal opinions on curse words is not really a secret. Um, but we're going to discuss like why you would use it and effective ways to use it and all the fun things about saying bad, bad words. Um, 
Speaking of which, we're going to talk about the drink. Um, the drink this week has four ingredients, and they start with the letters S-H-I-N-T for our nice little sweary words. Um, yeah. I tried to make an F-U-C-K drink, but those letters are very hard to find ingredients that taste good together. So we ended up with a shit drink instead. Um, and the ingredients are sour mix, huckleberry syrup, italicus, uh, bergamot liqueur, and tequila. So it's kind of a take on a margarita. Uh, mine is frozen. Um, so it's like this very purple color because apparently my huckleberry syrup is very purple. <laughs> but it's and very, very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I love huckleberry so much. So and good. that's why I did not. I did not. I, I made the shit drink instead of <laughs> doing my troll drink that I always do because fuck the ingredients sounded great. And I love huckleberry. So. And mine's a little brown because my huckleberry syrup's different. You're, you have the classier syrup. <laughs> it's different, but not better. Not necessarily. Um, yeah, so that's the drink. Uh, as usual, we'll post the recipe in the show notes later and on the website. Um, so, swearing. Swearing. Initial thoughts. <laughs> you know, I think my, like, when... When you first brought this up to me, I was like, my like my initial thing about swearing is most people try to do it and fuck up <laughs> severely uh, because it feels too forced or it feels not right. It feels not natural. Like, you know, it's hard to balance, mm -hmm. I think. And yeah, I think that's yeah. kind of what we want to talk about today is kind of balancing it with like what to do because they're offensive to some people. and. Yeah. You don't want to drive a reader away with it if it's just going to be offensive. Yeah. And we might actually see that in my example because mine is very, very rough. It is from said vomit draft that I mentioned earlier. So we'll talk about if it goes a little too far. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you do you do want to balance that with your readership. And in some cases, it's like if that reader wasn't going to like your story anyway. But then also you don't want to like there's there is like you said, it's a balance. There's a middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think a lot of what people do wrong, um, they, they overuse the swear, um, even with characters that are designed to swear a lot. Um, because the thing is, is when you're writing a character, you know, the first, a lot of, a big thing that people do, especially when they're newer is they try to make dialogues sound too much like what we hear all the time. And, and, mm -hmm that's not always necessarily right. And a lot of people like me, for instance, swear a lot more than would be, you know, entertaining to write about. So if somebody wrote me, they'd probably <laughs> cut my swears in half at least. Same um, hard. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So I think, I think that the biggest trouble is making sure they're used in the right space. Uh, I, I definitely agree with them. You know, um, I don't think all characters need to swear. I think some characters sound weird when they swear, but every once in a while there's a character that does swear and I think it's part of their voice. And so yeah. long as you don't abuse it, you're good. Yeah. And that's something we'll see in the sample that I'm going to post. This is actually the sweariest character in the book and the sweariest point of view um, balanced with other characters that don't as much. Um, so I think that, yeah, that, that kind of moves into one of our first discussion points is using swearing and or not swearing to like say something about your character. 
Um, yes. For me, a lot of it is like which swears the character uses. Because like in real life, you'll meet people who will say like, you know, cheese and crackers or, you know, oh, fudge or <laughs> goodness gracious, because they're the kind of people that are, you know, they, they're not a big fan of swearing. And then you see people like me who are sitting here dropping like F-bombs like there's no, like nobody's business. And yeah. it tells you a little something about that person and their background um, and their personality, whether they swear and which swears they use. Yes. And it's one of my favorite curses and it's not even really a curse. It's not really even a swear, but a really good example of this is if anybody's read uh, Diana Gabaldon's outlander or even watched the show, the character says Jesus H Roosevelt Christ <laughs> when she gets frustrated. And she says it a lot. Like it's not just one of those things that comes up like once every book, like she says it a pretty good deal. And like it, it, you know, it tells you so much about her. She's an intellectual like she's she's not just going to swear because she's got this big, long, elaborate thing she wants to say. Uh, maybe she's religious. Maybe she's not. Uh, but um, it tells you a little bit about her her um, when she was born, like what time she's from, because she says Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. uh, so you sort of get a taste from that. And, and there's a lot that is told about that character just from that one thing that she says. And to some people that could be very, you know, saying that, you know, anybody that's Holy's name in vain is, it can be bad. So um, it comes across as a swear, but it's a really good way to just show that she's, she doesn't take herself too seriously. She still gets angry. She still wants to swear. Um, and she's from a time period where Roosevelt is important. <laughs> um, so it's, it's neat. And it tells yeah. you when she's mad, it gives her a lot of voice. Um, and it also adds like and, a little bit of humor, which is another thing yeah. that, I, that, you know, I kind of had on our notes is that swearing can can be funny. And so especially if you use something like that, that's a little bit like offbeat swears can kind of add like a humorous voice to it as well. It doesn't have to be all serious. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you sort of contrast it against what the rest of your writing looks like, it can really bring color to it. Mm -hmm. Um like uh, Diana Gabaldon's writing, for instance, is very pretty. Um, it's it's literary. It's you know it's a little purple at times, um, and she breaks it up with a stupid thing, and it's just like it, and it works. You know, like it adds this contrast that really gets the mood, and you know exactly how she's feeling when she says it, and that's the sort of thing you want swearing to do. You want it to convey a mood, so you don't have to spell it out and you don't have to describe it. it does a lot of work for you. Yeah, character says fucking. It's like okay, yeah, they're mad. Uh, you know. Yeah, it kind of helps with show, don't tell. It sure does. It sure does. Yeah, like any show, don't tell thing, it, uh, it, it, it you can overuse it, you know, you, and, and that's the, that's where you want to be careful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. At, at the at base level, I think that's what I have to say about it. Okay. Um, do you want to do any of our other kind of discussion topics first, or do we want to move into the yeah. reading? No, I think I, I think, think we let's should talk discuss. A yeah, let's talk. Um, because then we can kind of bring this stuff back to the surface when we kind of do the reading. Yeah. Uh, I think the first thing here is alienating some readers, which we and, kind of talked about a little bit. Yeah, but you know, I, and I think that there's some people who might worry about that a lot. And the what I want to say to that is like, write what you want to write. Okay, mm -hmm. like 
not everybody's going to want swearing. Okay. So you're not, your book's not for those people. Like I don't, I don't think I'd ever want to write for somebody who couldn't handle a swear word every now and then. Like, I, I just don't want those people reading my books. Like, and yeah. it goes to any, like, find your audience thing. Like it's the same with, you know, whether you have sex scenes in your books, whether you use even things like whether you use purple prose or straightforward prose, like all those choices are like finding your reader. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And yeah, I don't, I think that the next one, like, there's, I think YA is down a couple notches on this, but I think yeah. I want to kind of tackle it now. But like, for instance, YA, like, I think that some of the swear words that are kind of acceptable in YA are like, damn. Uh, and I think, you know, when I was, when I was young, it was kind of <laughs> cool. It was kind of like cool to open up a book and like have a book I enjoyed, but like have that like feeling of adulthood. Like, yeah, I read a swear word and you know, like it's, it's kind of fun. At least for me it was, but you know, some kids are really averse, you know, averted. They don't like to, they don't like swear. So I, re I remember in high school English class, we did have to read Catcher in the Rye. And there's an F-bomb in Catcher in the Rye. There's some line about, like, they'll write the word fuck on your tombstone or something like that. And it was a mm -hmm. huge deal because us kids had to read the word fuck. Like, once yeah. in the book. And there might be yeah. a couple, like, dams in there and some other stuff. I don't remember very clearly. But I remember that was, like, the one F-bomb and everybody's like, <gasps> but I think now there's a lot of contemporary YA that I've read that has more swears in it. Because when I was 16, I was swearing a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and sometimes I think it's good to like, you know, really, at least for me, and everybody's different. Uh, I, I think it's cool to add that realism in like, mm -hmm. you know, kids are gonna face swear words. Uh, teenagers are gonna face swear words, they're gonna use them sometimes. And sometimes we can even maybe use it to show someone when it is okay to swear, like when they're really mad, when there's mm -hmm. like a coming of age and like things are really frustrating. Like sometimes it just science shows that it, it does help get the, <laughs> there are studies on it that like it actually reduces your blood pressure to swear. <laughs> like look it up. <laughs> it's real. It's a coping mechanism. It's good for you. Um, don't take my uh that's that's uh, our don't message take my promise on that our message that's... swear it's good for you yeah yeah i'm 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 great <laughs> such a such a such a good influence um <laughs> but yeah i i think swearing in y is okay if it's done a couple times yeah um it's a good way to show a bad boy it's a good way to show a maverick good way to show like i don't know someone who's against the rules or that kind of thing, but also maybe just once. Maybe you don't use it more than once or twice. Uh, and I think it also depends on your character's environment because there are mm -hmm. some places where people are going to swear more. Um, so I think that can kind of show, you know, part of the YA genre. Something in the YA genre that can kind of show your character's upbringing and environment can show which yeah. characters swear more. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think we'll see some of that in at least not like not a kid but like we'll see some of that like environment upbringing mm -hmm. i think my example i don't know for sure <laughs> um i'm drinking i've been running a D, D campaign all day so i'm like super like my brain is super toasty <laughs> right now uh, poor fried dc <laughs> i'm fried um but yeah uh i think it's okay in ya and i i do think it 
it alienates some readers, but I don't think it alienates many of them. Yeah. That, you know, it's, I don't know. I know yeah. a lot of people who don't like swearing who read swear words just fine. You know, yeah. I, I just, I don't think people want to be abused by them. I don't think they want to be made to feel like uneasy. Yeah. Um, there is a difference when you're with someone and swearing is part of the conversation versus like reading it as a solitary thing. Like if it's something that you find offensive face to face, it's going to be different if it's in a fictional novel. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I don't know. Uh, we also have in this is, this is, I put this one in there specifically for me, this question, which is the in spec fic thoughts on making up swear words. Because I have opinions. Um, I'm curious about your opinions. Well, I think if you take the sources for swears, like historically, it's a lot of times it's bodily functions or blasphemy are a lot of our swears. Because so you've got like shit or, you know, fuck is kind of a bodily function, sort of. Um, it's a thing that people find distasteful in polite society. Um and then you've got ones like, you know, you got like ass and stuff like that. But then you have like the blasphemy ones. So you have like the Jesus Christ or God damn it or whatever. Um, I think if you take those and move them into your world, then it reads as natural. If they're like blaspheming against their gods or whatever. But it's the mm -hmm. thing that bugs me is when they just straight up make up a gibberish word and plop it in place of a real swear word. So, like, there's a like frack. Like frack drives me insane. I'm like, either just don't use it because you were on TV and you couldn't. I get that you can't say fuck, um, but it's a word that doesn't mean anything. So, like to us, it reads as like nonsense. So it just it it's a personal thing. It bugs me so much. <laughs> What about the ones that are like uh, stars? I've seen like stars and I've seen, I, th I think Brandon Sanderson uses stars. Yeah. I don't know. I use that. stars I in Cambiare, sure. but I used it because the constellations are part of their religion. Oh, okay. so it goes in that religious blasphemy. Okay. Um, there's actually Brandon one. Brandon Sanderson must have a different one then. I can't the stars is the pretty common. Uses. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, one that I think I remember is in, um, there's a Jim Butcher series, the Codex Alera, where they use crows because mm. they're like, they come and steal your crops. So crows are like a bad thing. So that makes sense to me. Um, if there's like a reason for it, or if it's a real word, it, even if it's a real word used in a way that we don't use it as a swear word, I don't clock it as much as when it's just like straight up a word that you made. Or especially yeah. if it's like a real swear word that you've just tweaked a little bit. It, yeah. I, it takes me out of the moment in the story. Yeah. It makes me go, uh, wait, what? Yeah. Frack? <laughs> the thing is, is it would like, it, so let's use frack, for example. Like uh, the thing about it is like, if, if English is their common language mm -hmm. or let's say we're seeing their language in English, um, and they say frack, which would probably be like, let's say they're actually speaking another language, but we're reading it in English because that's what we understand. Mm -hmm. And then they say frack it, and it doesn't look like English anymore. Um, and maybe it is from their culture. 
Uh, but it's not reading right. And I think that if you're somebody who wants to do that, who who really wants to put a swear in their own language that sort of links back to something in that culture's language, I think if you're going to do that, like, put it in italics mm-hmm. so that it reads as another language. Because I know that that's pretty common yeah. for or- another language to be shown in italics. Yeah. Or do it for more than just the swear word. If they drop or in, that. If they drop yeah. in a few other words that are like, you can tell are being you know quote unquote yeah. translated then it wouldn't read as weird to me if it's just the one word right yeah, yeah no i, I can agree with yeah that. If they drop yeah. in some words for like some you know food or something that's in like right. their own language then i'm like okay you're just sprinkling these in then it's fine yeah yeah god i feel like i feel like they do that in futurama i don't know what it is but like i think there's a character or a, a sea of characters that has certain things they say in their language even though you're hearing them in english and so when they use a curse in their language it doesn't bother me at all but there's something about frack they never at least i don't watch a lot of that what is it star trek uh, i think it's is babylon it five if i remember correctly. Babylon five? i Holy think shit. well i definitely don't watch that um well i definitely i was gonna say i that. can't remember for sure because it's but been I, a long time but i think it was babylon five those of you who are listening to this later on the podcast please don't come for funny. me if that's wrong <laughs> <laughs> we're probably wrong it's, it's been probably. a while since i watched a lot of those like classic sci-fi shows so yeah my and, memory and may see, be rusty i feel like every time i hear that i'm like do those characters actually say other words in their language like do they I like don't so, remember uh, it but i'm not gonna say they don't but it if they did it didn't clock on my radar as badly as frack (laughs) (laughs) frack just sounds silly yeah that's also what we do for oil so we have a completely different like definition for that so it's a little little strange um but i guess if oil fracking pisses you off then maybe they're completely justified (laughs) yeah maybe they were just ahead of their time maybe maybe there's lore there we don't know about maybe I think um, the base lore is that it was television and they couldn't say it. But yeah, I think yeah. so too. Um if you do something like that, make sure the reader can pick up what you're putting down. Like, ah, yes, they're saying this because of this reason. So I yeah. think the yeah, the core point is it should feel natural. It should feel like it it belongs in the story. Yeah. And if it this is kind of just a general writing thing, if it's something that takes your readers really hard out of the story. There needs to be a reason you're doing that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. Uh, And it can be done. You can have characters insert their own language into a book without having to put italics down. They do it all the time in Game of Thrones with the Dothraki. They they insert language. They they insert their own language into like the common one that is written to us Mm -hmm. all the time. So it is definitely able to be done. Just pick up Game of Thrones, find a Dothraki chapter and read it because it's everywhere. And then he does a really, really good job of it. Um, So yeah. Uh, Choosing which characters curse and how and ways to use that to show their personality. Yeah, and we kind of talked about that one already a little bit. Yes, and uh, yeah, I think I can talk more about that one when I read my 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 snippet because I, yeah. I did bring the snippet in that has to do with completely. It's a character flaw. So, yeah. um, and then we dirty have... language in smutty scenes. <laughs> How much <laughs> is too much in a book that is not erotica? Um, because this is actually a really big challenge if you're writing like 
I write romantic fantasy and there's a couple smutty scenes in it, but they're not, it's not an erotica book. People are not picking it up expecting to read like real filthy smut. So you want it to be steamy, but you're not going to be using some of the like choice porn words if that's not the genre you're in. There's nothing wrong with that in a book that is like heavily leaning towards erotica or like that's what people are expecting. I read those books. <laughs> but if it's if it's another genre is your main genre and there's just a romantic scene, how far is too far? I am not really equipped to talk about this one because I, <laughs> the thing is, is like, I don't think I've ever read a straight erotica book in my life. And I've never been interested in reading one. And like, so I don't actually know. I don't actually know. Like, are we strictly talking how much is okay in a funny scene in a non-erotica? Yes. Like if okay. you're, if you're, if you're writing a book that is not erotica, where do you think most readers would draw the line and that's going to vary from reader to reader but like because i know there are certain words that are like over the line into like porn territory <laughs> yeah there's a few words for body parts <laughs> that people are going to be yeah. like that's it, it they're jarring it's the same thing they take you out of the story um, i think it, i think if it's meant to be jarring do mm -hmm. it but know that it is jarring you know yeah. like if you've got a character if you've got a character who walks into this room and they think they really want this girl and like they're like yeah she's beautiful she's smart and and then that girl like turns over and she's like baby i just want you to fuck me in the ass <laughs> then that character's gonna have like this internal moment where he's just like oh is this really what i'm in for and so because that's like, kind of meant to be jarring like because she just said that yeah. But like if you like for instance if you wanted him to retain respect for her and but in, in not saying that it is wrong to tell someone you want to have sex with to fuck them in the ass cuz I, you know, whatever. I'm not <laughs> in there. Um what I'm saying is that we've all been there. a little differently, you know, like it, like the character like unless it's a character that responds really well to swearing, like the character might be like, "Whoa!" like cuz like you're trying to make a point when you write. Um, so if you did that in a scene where you didn't really want him to have a reaction, I feel like it wouldn't, it would read. Yeah. The character would be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll fuck you in the ass. And <laughs> at that point, at that point, I feel like it becomes a little, I don't know, like, does the scene need to be there? Like, because <laughs> when you're writing a sex scene, and you can read all about this, and uh, Diana Gabaldon wrote a book called I Give You My Body. It's very short. It's about writing sex scenes. It's very good. Um she mentions that, you know, you want everything to be leading up to something or showing a character feeling doing stuff. So like if, if your swear words in that smutty scene have no goal, then to just get the reader hot and moist, it's not going to work because your reader's not reading your book to get hot and moist. They're reading to be taken on a journey. So I would say if it has no blade on the story, then it's probably not necessary. <laughs> yeah. I think it does go into the like reader expectations because like I said, I've read some extremely high heat, but some of them are just books that are literally like, here's a short, it's just some porn. Like we're not even going to really get into the plot. There'll be, there'll be some character. I like there to be some character, but it's like, that is fine. That's what I'm, I've signed on for. I know what I'm in for. But if you're, like I said, if you're reading like a fantasy novel or, you know, just even just a contemporary novel that's more 
not on the romance side or the, and the romance is like a subplot or something and then you get to like the sex scene and they're throwing around like the filthiest like you're like whoa and it goes back <laughs> to that thing of like just yeah you don't want to take them out of the story so if yeah. it's not fitting with the rest of your story yeah it's the same thing if it doesn't fit the rest of your story there needs to be a reason that it's there um we'll go we have actually in the future set to do a an episode on sex scenes because i do think there's a lot of other thoughts that i have about those <laughs> intricacies yes yes and then I just threw I a little one in there that's just like a side note of like, what's our personal favorite swear words? Personal favorite. Uh, I I like fuck. I think it does more work than shit. <laughs> shit is kind of funny. I don't like damn. I don't think I've ever used damn. Because I think it just, it's, just doesn't do anything for me. Like it doesn't yeah. make a point enough, at least for me. So I've never used it. Um, I also like you? the word fuck. I think it's just, it's, there's an old comedy bit. I cannot remember who did it. Um, it's like an audio comedy bit on the word fuck. And it's, it's like, it's done like one of those old educational videos. It's like the word fuck from, you know, the root word, whatever. Uh, it can be used as an adjective. I hate this fucking book. <laughs> it can be used as a verb. And it's like this whole thing about how the word fuck is like, you can use it as like every, you can use it as a verb, as a noun, as an adjective, just yes. depending on how you modify it. You can put it in the middle of a word, like absolutely. It's great. Yes. It's versatile. It's the most versatile yes. of the swears and it gets down to business and I love it. <laughs> yes. I, I believe Nicolas Cage talked about that one in the history of swearing. Yes. So it's, it's great. So great. Uh, worth a watch if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. I think it's, um, is it Netflix that that's on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is Netflix. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess this is the part where we start reading, huh? Yes. Let me I, I guess... screens real quick. Well, wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. I was going to talk oh, yeah. about it Give an intro. First. Sorry, I've been uh, drinking. Because... No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> this drink is so dangerous. It's yummy. I don't usually like tequila, but this one's good. Um... So mine, I kind of like wanted to focus uh, on showing you guys something that is what I think is really important is the character whose character flaw is swearing. Um, and there's a lot of different characters that can do this. Maybe it's just a character that's high, you know, high. Uh, what is it I'm looking for? Someone who's just like naturally mad or like. Oh, like high strong or... or high strong or like, you know, something like that. Like hot tempered. Yeah. Hot tempered. And my case, and, and I find that swears are a really great way to show impatience. Um, mm -hmm. So um, when I wrote um, my book, which I'm going to actually self publish now after illustrating it, which I'm very excited to do. Um, when I am I excited to <laughs> the infinite wishes of Oswald. Sorry. Um, I have a character in there who's suffering from basically a fantasy version of Alzheimer's. And I think the reason he swears um, when it gets down and dirty is because he is very impatient. 
a person with dementia is, you know, a very sensitive topic. They're, they struggle with a lot of stuff. And I think over time they become very impatient. They're constantly forgetting stuff. Life is very unfair, you know, and I think that they start to lose it. And they, they also, uh, and I know that some parts of dementia sort of also lose a filter. Um, Alzheimer's, especially I, I live with somebody with Alzheimer's and they had a really hard time with that. Um, they just kind of stopped you know, having that filter. And I have a character in Infinite Wishes that uh, was very, very much impatient, I think. Um, so I'm going to share, uh, I actually have two small ones. I didn't want to give away too much, but I have two small sections where he, one swear, and then I have one that has a lot of swearing <laughs> right after the other. <laughs> and um because he swears a lot, but I never, you know, I was still very careful with them. I made sure that they were um, necessary and they made a point. So I'm going to share those um, with you guys. You can bring it up now. Uh, okay. So the first one. <laughs> um, again, this character has Alzheimer's. This first scene is basically his son has uh, approached a window um, because he says he sees something outside and his son doesn't see it. So I'm going to read this now. Um, and, and I'm actually starting from uh, sort of a few paragraphs back because there's no swear words up front. But I want to sort of give the sense of like what the book looks like and then where the swear is just to show you like how simple it can be, how not distracting the swear word is. And then I'm going to show you a really distracting swear word. So let's start with not distracting. <laughs> um it was not uncommon for old Sari to imagine things, not since the forgets had infected his mind and rotted his better senses. Poor thing. He had, he once had such a pretty face, golden fur and clever hands. Now he was bald. He was a bald cat with a dirty mouth, a crooked spine and an even crookeder imagination. Not his fault. Of course, the forgets cursed the Sari family. What thing should I be looking for? Oswald asked impatiently looking out the window. Surely the storm cannot be so interesting as to distract you from precious sleep, Pa. It is mortem, old sorry, tapped the glass. See it there in the distance by the quick of my claw? How can you not see it, son? There must be fucking shit in your eyes. So that's the first one. So we've got, it's at least for me, it's very not distracting. What do you think, Avery? I think it's, it's, it's putting emphasis where emphasis should be. Cool. If that makes so, sense. Because yeah, it is, it's the point where he, kind of his patience is starting to snap. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. And I, and I think in the scene too, there's like a lot more like, look through the window. It's there. It's right there. And he's like looking through the window. He's like, I really don't see it. And he's like, God damn it. There must be shit yeah. in your eyes. It's like but that like, moment of like, do, do you see it? Right. God damn it. <laughs> and, and as you can see, you know, I don't say he's impatient when he tapped the glass, but you can tell he's impatient just by in the way he he does it. Yeah. Um, so this second one, I can't wait to read this one. Um, <laughs> the second one is it, it is um, it is right after Oswald has gotten angry at his dad and kind of actually like I think he like he threatens him. And, um, and, and basically does something that's not very nice to, to his dad after his dad is very confused and, and has dementia. And so Oswald has sort of crossed him and now he's really lost his patience. And, um, yeah, and he's laying in bed cause he can't do anything else. So, um, 
Oswald released Old Sorry and backpedaled from the bedside. He stared at the floor, ashamed for grabbing his father so hard. A fool you are to make me so angry. Old Sorry turned over in his bed, facing his back toward Oswald. Piss on you! Piss, 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 piss! I apologize, Ferris father. My patience wanes. <laughs> so here I'm using a swear piss. It's a lot. It's a it's a small swear, but it's big enough that when he says it multiple times, it, it it's hard to listen to. But you know he's very upset, and and it's ramping and I, up each time. Like the more he says it, the more agitated you know he is. Yeah, and and it does a lot, and and I yeah. think that that's kind of the point. You want it to do a lot for your writing instead of a little. If it's not doing much, then I would just leave it out. You know. Hope those were good examples. Yeah, those are good. Because, yeah, like you said, they show... Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they show, like you said, the character's irritation. Um, Yeah. Mine's going to be a little different. (laughs) I think yours is better. Yeah, this is a character flaw. This is the, the, oh my god, this is terrible, sort of, you know, because we're experiencing a character who has problems, and I think you're going to show us something more along the lines of anger? Um. Yeah, it's a little irrit. Yeah, it's more anger. Um, the character is also agitated, um, but it's kind of after the fact. Um, is there anything else you want to say about yours before I go into mine? No. Okay. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm totally embarrassed. I'm going to be embarrassed too. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Um, mine is like I said, it's from a, a very rough initial draft. Um, this character is 100% like a party boy, fuck boy. Um. He doesn't really care about anything except going out and partying. And there's this girl he kind of likes and he went out, blacked out, and then woke up in her bed and freaked out and left. And so this is his like internal monologue after that. And I have to scroll down. I gotta scroll. There we go. Damn. Shit. Fuck. Aspen groaned again. What in the name of all the cursed gods had he done last night? He raked through his memories, scraping his mind raw. The last thing he recalled was a brief flash of the carriage ride home, breathing in Silver's heady perfume and daydreaming the most sordid things. Crimson had ridden back with them, his head resting on Silver's shoulder. She looked a bit uncomfortable, but let him do it. The damnable woman had even given Aspen a scowl that almost dared him to make something of it. And Crimson had winked at Aspen. Fucking winked. Last night of all nights, when Aspen had doing his best to drown his grief and Crimson knew it. That absolute donkey's ball sack. But Aspen's memories between the carriage ride and waking up in the woman's bed? Blank. He'd been half-dressed, at least. A quick search of his usual drunken haunts revealed his jacket in the garden, damp and trodden on. Had he taken it off, or had Silver? Shit what he would give to know what had happened. What he'd said. What he'd done, especially with her, and especially after that argument. It would be a cruel jest of the universe if they'd finally fucked and he couldn't even remember it. <laughs> so this is like a use of the swearing is so casual that it shows that this character just thinks in swear words. And he's the only yeah. character in the book and the only point of view in the book that does this. And so for in his case, this is actually probably the sweariest section I could find from him. <laughs> he doesn't do it as bad in other scenes. And Which that's is good. Where, yeah, and that's because this is a scene where... He's actually kind of feeling something (laughs) like something real for the first time. It's like, oh, God, he's realizing I actually liked her. And what did I do? Um, 
but it also just shows a lot about his character that he's like the kind of person in a lot of his friends are kind of very high society and he's the one who's like the fuck up and he's like embracing his role as the fuck up by just being like well fine i'll just be you know a sweary piece of shit Mm -hmm. yeah and I, I like the way it's done here. It's it, it especially if it's not this strong throughout the book because it shows that he's really more frustrated than than usual. And it is funny, like you know. Um, and so long as you like kind of cut yourself off after this, it's like okay, now we're gonna slow down and not use him so much. It really can be used to show a character's, um, I, and I think it's especially in this case, like just. Uh, general progression of feelings yeah which is good because then you don't have to explain it right yeah so yeah like he'll swear casually off and on but this is the worst one and yeah like i said it's because he's starting to feel a real feeling yeah for the first time and he's mad about it he's big mad about it so yeah so that's how we used it like i said both both times i think what's interesting is they both show a heightened emotion um and that can be really used very effectively if you use the swearing in those sections because it is something that in real life we use i mean in general we use it with with heightened emotions sometimes we just drop it for the fun of it but like you said that's that thing of not necessarily writing the way we actually speak um Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I will say there's one final thought, which is that if you don't use it a lot in the book, it really, it can really enhance a specific moment in the way that you were talking about. Like, if you want to make the reader stop and go, whoa, if you don't use it, except in like one or two places, that can really help with that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it kind of depends. It depends on what you want to convey with your writing and with your characters and where you want people to sit up and pay attention. Yeah. And and try to make sure, I think, make sure it's your character talking and not you. I had a yeah. I had a recent problem with like when I was editing my book where I edited I had a few swear words in for one of my characters who's very gentle. And even when he was angry, I was just like, is this me talking or is it him? Because some people can get angry without swearing. And so I actually had to remove them because I was like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm putting too much of myself in this because I don't think this character would swear when he's angry, mm-hmm. um, you know, just because of what it conveys. Like, you know, and so you want to be really careful to ask yourself when you're doing it, am I doing this because of me or because of them? Um what would really be awesome if you were a person who never swore and you wrote a character who swore, then you'd really know that you were on to something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a character in um, the Cambiari series who in the first book, he's very prim and proper and he's, he's cruel, but he's very civilized. And so the one time he drops a swear word, the one time he says the word fuck, you're like, whoa, he means business. So it can be used like that very effectively. Um, but you have to decide, is this, would the character really say this? Is this the moment where they would snap if they're the type mm-hmm. of character that doesn't normally? Any final thoughts? I'm trying I to mean, think if there's anything we haven't discussed. I, I, I am also trying to think about it. Um, I am, 
you know, uh, we have a little extra time. So like, why don't we just, can we talk about maybe some people who do swearing well, uh, that we could recommend or people we really like? Um, I know, I know my opinion is going to make you wince, but I really think that Stephen King (laughs) swearing well. He does do swearing well. He's not my favorite (laughs) author. We we've discussed this, but he does do that well. I will give him that. I I, I just really love, and and it's because his characters are very lowbrow, uh, and it really comes across. And uh, so, like, if you, uh, you know, I, I, if you're looking to find, uh, you know, a good thing to try to sort of jumpstart you into like how I should write my character that swears, uh, I know that. Um, Oh my god, what is it called? The it's the one, the prison break one. It's a very short story. And oh, I can't remember Shawshank anything right now. Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Um, it's about thirty thousand words, and it the characters in it are so well dialogued, and the way they swear is so good. Um, and they don't do it much, but they do it enough. So like I would highly recommend that one or, you know, it's short, especially if you don't like Stephen King. It's it's a good short one to get through um, because I know a lot of people don't like him. I love him, but uh, to each their own. It's okay. Some of my favorite authors are not your favorite either. We can still, we can yeah. still be friends. Yeah. Um, I will say I was looking up one of my favorite book openings. Drops an F-bomb in a very effective way because it tells you what type of voice the character has and what you're in for. And it's the opening line of American Gods by Neil Gaiman. And it is, Shadow had done three years in prison. He was big enough and looked don't fuck with me enough that his biggest problem was killing time. And it just, it opens with so much voice. And yeah, it's like second sentence, we drop an F-bomb. But there aren't a lot of them throughout the rest of the book. There are some characters who drop them here and there. um, But it gets your attention. Yeah. And I still remember it. Like, years after reading the book, I'm like, I remember that, like, generally the opening line. I had to look it up to make sure I got it verbatim. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love that sort of stuff to, like, sort of get you in there. It's really, really nice. Um, One other thing, it's not a book, but another thing that I think does swearing in a really interesting way is the video game series Dragon Age because it has such a deep lore and a lot of their swears are based on their religion, but they also vary from character to character. And they did a very good job of that, which characters would say what swears. Um, So some of them say funnier ones, like one of their gods is called Andraste. Actually, she's kind of a saint, but essentially one of their religious figures is called Andraste. And so some of them will say, you know, like Andraste's knickers or something, because that's one of the kind of silly ones. And then some people will say things that are a little more serious. And so it's just, it's very interesting to see which characters say which swear words in there. It's a bit of a time commitment because it's not a book, but I think that they did a really good job with the world building and the swear words there as well. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And uh, if you want something to show you how to maybe avoid swearing because maybe you're working on a YA uh, or just you just don't want to use swears. I think someone who definitely doesn't use swears who's very big is Brandon Sanderson. Uh, I cannot remember re- reading 
a swear word in his books, but he still does very much convey emotion with dialogue. So on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you're looking to get better at not writing characters that just swear all the time and you want to sort of, you know, get used to that sort of thing. And I, I think that Brandon Sanderson's dialogue is nice to read. I wouldn't read anything before Mistborn because he does definitely get better at it as, as his writing gets older. Um, but yeah, that's, I can recommend that. Um, as far as, uh, not using, using swears in, in, uh, smut. <laughs> I, I do think D- Diana Gabaldon's, uh, I give you my body is very short and, uh, sweet. If you're kind of looking how, you know, kind of looking for how to write sex scenes without maybe using mm-hmm. curses. Cause she actually does a really good job at laughing at it. And it kind of makes you <laughs> see how silly it actually is. Cause she's really funny about it. Um, but yeah, uh, there, there is definitely an art to it with sex scenes and yeah, I, I definitely want to do a full episode on that. <laughs> oh, we're going to, but that'll be more than just about the swearing. That's going to be, yeah, like that's going to be about like it. everything about all writing writing yeah. romantic scenes yes there's yes. a whole be... discussion topic it'll be great yeah maybe be maybe fun. we'll get me to do a reading and then i will really feel embarrassed <laughs> yes i'll um, have to check up what have... uh twitch's like live stream rules are before i read that. <laughs> right we have to do that we have to do that and see if we can even put it on twitch <laughs> we might have to record that one ahead of time um uh you had one question here that i don't think we answered and i don't i don't really know what it looks at what what it means does genre affect how to use squares um like for example if you're writing fantasy versus writing literary versus you know writing like a contemporary romance do you think there's any particular genre more or less where swearing is appropriate or fitting personally my opinion is it really doesn't (laughs) It's all about that individual book. Yeah, I'd say that's true. Yeah, I'd say so. I think I read more swears in horror and literary fiction more than anywhere else. I didn't think about Uh, horror. You're right. Because there's like a heightened emotion with horror. Yeah, like I feel like I read a lot of swears in those kind of books, whereas like normal fiction or speculative fiction it's very like there's a very small amount of them but uh yeah i i do say you know i read a lot of genres and i feel like literary and and horror often use them more than others i don't know how accurate i didn't think about that i don't read a lot of horror because i'm a great big chicken (laughs) and then i can't sleep at night um but yeah i could see that really being a thing because yeah you're like i said you're doing kind of like mm-hmm. a heightened the, yeah sense of emotion yeah. and everything yeah and thrillers and true crime too you know it's yeah. like a lot of like swearing so <laughs> it's like it's, it, it almost it's it's almost like a a requirement at some point um but yeah i i think that's the only ones that i can think of and definitely don't swear in your in your nonfiction about cooking. I mean, okay, I probably have a cookbook or two that has a swear word in it. So maybe maybe that's not true. I guess swear in your cookbook. Yeah, it's again, it's your genre and your audience. Like if it's like a fun, silly, goofy cookbook that's like got a theme, 
then go for it. I read, I'm trying to remember which nonfiction book I read. There was one I read that was really like voicey and casual and used not like really hard swears, but some swears. And it might've been the one about murder in Rome. I can't remember, but yeah, huh. I have read a few nonfictions, but they're very voicey nonfictions. Like you're, you're being narrated to, like you're being told a story by a campfire, by a narrator. Like that's almost the only way you can do it is there has to be like almost a character telling you the story. Cause then they're the ones swearing. Cause if it's like a professor swearing at you, it feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yep. Nope. That's fair. So, um, yeah, I think that's all I can think of. I think we pretty much covered it. I think we did. We covered a lot. Yeah. We said a lot of bad yeah. words. We said a lot of <laughs> bad words. Oh, how oh. do you feel about the C word? Should um, you ever use it? I th- we just don't know. I think if you're really going for it, like if you've got a character who's trying, like if you've got like a villain who's saying it, who's like, really trying to be hurtful i think you can get away with it but it's not one you can just casually drop also don't drop it casually in the united because states because that... if you're over in like scotland that's just a that's just the same as like saying right, Damn it's it. normal yeah 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 there's like that that word's everywhere yeah that that the the c word with the nt at the end yeah. that one's everywhere if you go over to yeah. europe they don't even care I... but in america we're super <laughs> it's apparently it's someone in the chat just said apparently it's a term of endearment between australians <laughs> it is kind of true in other cultures it's like a like one of those things where you kind of rib your friends a bit and you know mm-hmm. that's just a thing that they so i think that is something that we should mention is that our all of our opinions about specific words and stuff are very culturally based yeah um, they are. we're we're both in the united states and so we're we're seeing things that are you know words like bloody just don't even really exist over here like Mm -hmm. i mean as a swear word um so when we use it it sounds really fucking stupid it does it sounds like you're (laughs) trying too hard to be british it just sounds weird and we're like it sounds fake from from an american um so yeah it is interesting that it is very cultural and that is something in your stories you can use as if certain characters use different swears differently but that's that starts to get into world building and you need to have that rich world building to support it. Yeah. And make sure if you're an American writing a fucking character who's from like British or Britain and they're saying bloody, please fucking do your research because yeah. I've seen it done before. And it's just like, this is the worst. You don't know how British people swear at all. So like, <laughs> oh, my God. Ask do a British research. friend. Yeah, for sure. Like, ask a British friend to read your stuff and make sure it sounds natural because they actually say it and it it, it works a little differently than some of ours. So, like, sometimes people will write it in and I'm just like, uh, yeah, I think you're overusing it or, like, not using it on the right beat or something because there's something about this that feels really strange. So, yeah, be careful with that. It's kind of like how (laughs) there's a weird, like, understood rule that nobody has ever spoken, really. But there's a there's a rule about, like, if you put fucking in the middle of a word, like, abso-fucking-lutely, it's where it falls in the word has to do with where the syllables fall. Because you wouldn't say ab-fucking-so-lutely. It feels weird. <laughs> it yeah, has to exactly. go with the rise and fall of it. There's, there's like, weird rules yeah. that if you don't 
do it, yeah. then you wouldn't think about. So kind of the same thing with like flooding. Yeah. Like if you don't use it, you, you're not going to know all the nuances of it. Yeah. And if you're writing a British character who says bloody, you make sure that you know, like where in the British area they're coming from, because there's a lot of places over in the United Kingdom where they don't say shit, they say shite. So like you can't have your character be from one place and have them say shit too. So like make sure you do your research because I have a British friend and he never says shit. He only says shite. <laughs> and it's like the weirdest shit. So, you know, make sure you do your research on these places if you are an American writing a British person because you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, that goes for like really any culture, but I know yeah. we have a lot of crossover because we speak the same base language, more or less, that mm -hmm. it's easier versus if I was writing a character who was speaking English as a second language, who was originally from like Germany or somewhere, you're more likely to look up the research than if it's a UK character. Just being like, ah, I get it. I've watched some BBC. No, you really should probably have someone take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you do your research, everybody. Don't assume. Don't definitely don't assume. Yeah. And the middle finger doesn't mean the middle finger everywhere. No. And, do your research. And there are other symbols that don't mean that that do mean the middle finger. There are some gestures in other countries that you're like, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, due to the December holiday season. Oh, we don't have any questions, right? We don't have any uh, questions from viewers. No, we don't have anything in the chat right now. Okay. Okay. So due to the December holiday season, we'll be posting our mini episodes again for a few weeks. Um, our next live stream will be on January 7th. Uh, we'll be revising again, looking at filler words such as just and all. Um, so join us live at 7.30 p.m. or listen on audio afterward. And you can find everything you need at anditswriting.com or look us up on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at anditswriting uh, for episode updates and notifications. If you like what you're hearing, join our Discord group. Uh, check out our website for details. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and we will see you again soon. Thank you.